the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. CNN, MSNBC, CBS all have the guys with the side parts and the Brooks Brothers suit on lying their Durbins off to tell you how great this is. This is the new, you will be inundated with the new lie because that's what Joe Biden That's what the American Democrats, in fact, it's a bipartisan scheme of corruption, failure and lies. But nobody does it like the political whore in diapers we're pretending is the president. So he spoke today live. I believe he screwed up my clock. McBeth's going to figure it out. Commercials and whatnot. That's what he does. Screw up things. And uh, more than an update, more than a speech, more than informing a nation, it looked like a signs of dementia ad that should be run on every old people's home and across America. It's preposterous that this buffoon is still in office. Now, the Republicans came out, and I've got some great congressmen who I, quite frankly, didn't hear about, who are veterans, and they are rightfully upset. And Kevin McCarthy stood there with a bunch of them, like a Brooks Brothers ad, and they all said how aggravated they were, but that was it. Where's the impeachment? So on this show, what we're going to do is we're going to recognize what is really happening in Afghanistan. It is officially day two of the American hostage crisis in Afghanistan. That's just the fact. Now, I understand the news media, Pravda, is going to spin it to look like Joe Biden achieved anything but failure, but surrender, but an American disgrace. But I do love to hear a liar lie. I'm sorry. I love it that way. I like watching fat people eat dessert. I like watching car sales swindle the naive, the innocent old lady into Z-Bart on the bottom of the car. I love it. And I love watching a political who are lie. Now we believe that about 100 to 200 Americans remain in Afghanistan with some intention to leave. How in the hell do you know that? How in the hell did you get that number? You, because here's, here's the thing. Only a guy that grew up the way I did with card sharks, bookmakers, Honest guys, crooked guys could spot something so made up because it gives you all of the things a good lie needs. It makes you sound like you know the fact. So you pull a number out of your shoe, and I'm being kind, after all there are FCC regulations. You pull the number out of your shoe, and you say something that you think the audience is not going to be offended by. 100 to 200. Okay. It's like a wedding. 100 to 200. So that number is in there. And then you're going to add it. With, look, we wanted to get them out, but they, they, they probably wanted to stay. So there's two absolute and total lies. 
You have no idea how many Americans are there. You have no idea how many special visas were given. See, because that's what we used to do to lie to get cooperation among Afghanis. We lied to them and we gave them a special visa. Ooh, what's a special visa? That means it's going to make you feel real good and it's not going to do anything. Kind of like a vaccination card. Makes you feel real good, doesn't really do anything. And in fact, when the Durban hits the fan... That just means we're going to leave you on the outside of the gates waving that phony visa we gave you to get your loyalty. And then we're going to leave you like dogs. So there's 80,000 of those poor bastards sitting out there saying, what about me? I don't want to hang from the Taliban or have my head chopped off or watch my daughter raped and my wife stoned. I'd like to go out, get out of here and go to Oklahoma. And they say, no, you're not going anywhere. So what we, are, what we, we also have are people who have American citizenship, have American passports, And we don't know how many that is. So the liar just came out and lied. And now he's going to say that we're going to work diplomatically with the savages that rape their own family members, behead their own family members, beat women and children like animals. Now we're going to negotiate with them like orbits. We're going to call them. Next, you know, William Shatner will be doing a a, a commercial for Afghani travel. How are we going to get them out? We're going, to, we're going to do it through economic pressure. That's how a Democrat says bribery. We're going to pay them. And we're going to keep paying them until they get to a number where they say, okay, you could have maybe a citizen or two back. This is what the Democrat calls winning. In April, I made a decision to end this war. As part of that decision. Now, see, when it went sideways the first time, I remember him saying, I inherited this policy. Anybody else remember it? He doesn't remember it. Because if they took the exit sign off of a room, he can't get out of it, this stupid son of a dog. But I remember him blaming Trump. See, what a, what a, what a wonderful position it is to be a lying scumbag. No matter what happens, you just spin out of it. So now he's going to look strong, right? Because there's that whole other wing of the Democrats. There's the communists that keep saying how much money we're spending a day on an endless war. And listen. It's ridiculous. They didn't have a plan when they went in. Joe Biden was integral in that. He was a senator at that time who supported it all. And they're going to say, look, the money you're spending, you could give free health care. You could give free education. You could give free housing, free food. You know, all the stuff that they normally give away to get voters. But now he can now come out and, and, and kind of do a little hat tip to the never Trumpers to the Republicans, to the Lincoln Project pedophiles, to the all the other never-Trumpers, and all the other people who said, nah, I'm going to vote for Joe Biden because, after all, we're used to good old Joe. And this is all that this speech was. Now, here's the nice thing. He got tired. He only spoke for about 16 minutes, and then he turned around and stammered back to the room. In April, I made a decision to end this war. As part of that decision... We set the date of August 31st for American troops to withdraw. So they withdrew and you left to your own admission, 100 to 200 behind a number you made up. And your plan to get them out is to bribe terrorists who you've already weaponized to the tune of weapons they could never have. You know, the funny thing about why it was so easy to go in there and um, not easy. Granted, they they fought for 20 years, although the last 18 months, nobody died. But um, the reason that we were able to 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 march through there is because they had only Kalishnikovs, Kalishnikovs that Russians left there 
and that they were able to buy on the black market and that Joe Biden and the rest of the Democrats were able to weaponize through back channels when they were fighting the proxy war with Russia. But they were all old. And the thing about a Kalishnikov is this slogan. Do you know what the slogan was? Macbeth? Slogan of a Kalishnikov was so easy. A child can use it. That was how the, the rifle was originally marketed to the Soviets. But it's just a, an automatic rifle. In fact, it's probably not as high tech as the Chicago Southside El Rukins have to, to, to strengthen their, their corners where they deal the drugs and we pretend it's just a street gang. So that was the easy part. Now these guys have all of our special forces, everything. The tools, the Jeeps, the Humvees. And now I'm seeing on CNN they're going to tell you that we left... Helicopters behind at the airport we just vacated, but we disabled them. Oh, really? Okay, so they can't repair them. So they're going to make you feel good about that loss. But the reality is, there are people out there who fought in this war. There are people out there who have knowledge of this war. In fact, we have congressmen, we do, the Republicans, who were actually there. And they came out and they had a different take on it. Every veteran will tell you, the most important thing you bring into battle is why. The why for this battle that we're talking about today, that, that Representative Gallagher just spoke about, is very simple. To protect lives, to save Americans, and very pointedly this. Every American, every one of us in this room, everybody in government is being lied to. When they send somebody out to the podium, when they send Blinken out to the podium, it's to lie to the American people. Flat out, when he says the terrorists promise that they won't let other terrorists in, that's an example of him lying to the American people. When they send somebody else out from the administration to talk about what's going to happen with the recognition uh, of the Taliban or other terrorist groups, they're sending somebody out to lie to the American people. When they send somebody out to talk about the, the U.S. arms that will be used against our military, other militaries, and civilians across the globe, they're sending somebody out to lie to the American people. That is why what Representative Gallagher and every veteran up here and every member of our body is acknowledging. These lies can't be the way forward. They have to come to an end immediately. And this has to be the moment that they are accounted for. So here's the key of every scam. I'm going to help you spot the scam. It's kind of like a bum on a street corner that says he's homeless but has clean shoes and clean pants. They're lying. They just want to raise money. So here's how you spot the political lie. All right. It's got statistics. Believable but not verifiable statistics. It's got a phony mission statement or an interpretive vision of safety and success. And above all. When those first two things are obvious and, and, and it's a scam and it's failure, it has plausible deniability. This is the Joe Biden presidency. What I just described to you is what you're going to get for the remaining sentence of this idiot's term. And it's going to be the same thing when Nooner Harris gets in. It's, it's been the same thing in the city of Chicago, in New York, in New Jersey, everywhere else they destroy. This is the plan. The American people are being fed a line of BS. Now, what we need to do is take Republicans like that good congressman, well-intended, young, veteran, correct. And we've got to make sure he's not corrupted by the McCarthy's out there, by the Mitch McConnell's, by the Mitt Romney's. Because the reality is they're using it as a fundraiser when what they should be doing, if they meant anything, is they would be thinking how to get us out of this and by us. I mean the people like the new gold star mom who just was stripped from Facebook, who just had her social media stripped because she dare point out that the emperor has no clothes. 
See, that's you have to do more than just come out and say lie, lie, lie. Absolutely, unequivocally, this is what the Democrats have been doing for a 100 years, one century of this BS, and they're getting away with it. So now what's the plan? Am I just supposed to wait until we can fund the Republicans and you could pretend to, to run more conservatives who turn out like Adam Kinzinger? By the way, where's Adam Kinzinger? He must be with Nancy Pelosi figuring out stock picks for the next invasion into Afghanistan. But here we're going to tell you the truth. Here we're going to come up with solutions. And if they're not going to stick up with us, well, here's the good news. We are starting to come together with economic secession. We can segregate, too. I've got a wonderful story of restaurants that are now putting signs on their doors. Biden voters, keep out. It's time to turn your back on these failures, on these corrupt Marxist mafia. And I'll tell you more when we get back. 312-642-5600. I was hoping that you have that... Bush in the jumpsuit. Mission accomplished. Because this is even bigger. This is even a bigger scam than that was. Mission yeah, accomplished. Bigger than when we left Iraq and did the exact same thing and, yeah. you know, we got ISIS. Yeah. How did Iraq thing? We're still, okay, yeah. But my favorite is Kirby. This lion son of a gun. He's even, at least he kind of struggles with it. He's not like uh, Antony Blinken with those beady eyes who could lie to his mother. Anthony Blinken. He's going to go far in the Democrat Party, that's for sure. So what does that look like? How does diplomacy get those people out of the Taliban-controlled Afghanistan? Uh huh. It's not completely unlike the way we do it elsewhere around the world. I mean, we have uh, Americans that get stranded in, in, uh, in countries all the time. Yeah, they're fine. You're all right. <laughs> getting stranded in Scotland isn't like getting stranded in Afghanistan. There's nobody dressed from the 7th century running around with an Alibaba sword trying to chop my head off. It's just not happening. Granted, you got a couple of Scottish guys probably going to get drunk. You might get punched in the face, little hooligans. But you're not going to have your child raped, unlike in Afghanistan, where apparently it's the kinder, gentler Taliban. I mean, after all, you know. They're not bad folks, folks. No, they're not bad. They're just fine. We're going to get along with them beautifully. See, this needed some sense of strategy. I wanted to get out a long time ago. Absolutely did. But what is the goal? What is your, how are you going to keep it safe? Because right now what's going on, aside from the thousands of tortures that we have no idea, we have no idea exactly what's going on because you know who else is out of there? All Western media. So now you're just going to get their version. It'll be like CNN for Afghanistan. It's only going to be what the government wants you to know or the acting government also known as the Taliban, wants you to know. That's the information you're going to get. But what you needed was some sort of sense of stability. So you could have asked, I don't know, say like allies to come in there. You leave. You had 2,500 troops. It, you didn't have a death for 18 months. You could have said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to prop it up. I'm going to want 2,000 of your troops. We're going to leave 500 of ours, and we're going to keep this going until these people can get under their feet. We understand they just discovered toilet paper since we got here and introduced it to them. However, what we're going to do now is hope that they become somewhat civilized, because that's what no one wants to talk about. You have turned this over to a band of uncivilized savages who like raping kids and murder women. That's the fact, Jack. And now you're going to try and bribe them. You don't understand their ideology. They're not living in this world. They live for the next world. They're cultists. There is no reasoning. There is no understanding. They have no dignity, no integrity, nothing. They are literally living to please a God they don't know, but they're convinced they understand. It's a dangerous process. It's also why I stay away from Scientologists. All right, let's go to the phone lines. 
for some reason, what did I get shorter or what's happening here? All right, uh, Teresa on the north side. Hello. Hey, Sean. Uh, Biden just wanted out, and in his mind, he's some kind of a hero who, you know, ended a 20-year war, which he didn't. He's like that scumbag. No you know, get- it reminds me. He's like, he must be like that scumbag husband. Remember yesterday he, he took his wife to court for more alimony? Yeah, he's like the yeah, scumbag yeah. husband who in the bar tells strangers how he got screwed in the divorce. The whole time taking the wife back to court for alimony. That's what Joe Biden is, a scumbag. Go ahead. She's gone, huh? All right. I think I dazzled her. Freddie and Skokie. Hi, Freddie. Yeah, how you doing, sir? How you doing? Wonderful. Um, I just want to bring to your attention, like, okay, in 2011, when, when uh, Obama withdrew from Iraq, and the next thing he started doing, started arming those rebels uh, to fight the Syrian regime by providing them with tow missiles uh, and all kind of stuff. And the second they crossed the borders into Syria from Jordan, what did they do? They joined their brethren in El Nusra Front. And what did these? What did El Nusra Front do? Started kidnapping uh, uh, Christians and uh, bombing churches and homes. And yeah. now, now the history is repeating itself. I and Freddie, the only one seeing this. Like, how come people don't notice that? How come people don't raise questions? I'm because I'm busy with. What you're talking about is an understanding of what happened. What the American citizen understood from CNN was that Assad was chemically bombing his own people rather than the reality of the people that Obama armed actually killing the Syrians, which, by the way, Syria, if I'm not mistaken, was the safest place in the Middle East for Christians, was it not? Yeah, absolutely. And here's another thing, sir. I'm I'm from Syria. I'm a Christian. I was literally stared uh, death in the face. When I, w- when I was there, like we were so close to God, me and my family, my mom, my brother, all because we were Christians. And on Lutheran Front, guys, when they showed up uh, armed with an M4 and all kind of American gear, they were telling us, hey, you have two options. You either convert to Islam or your head will be rolled between your legs. That, that's an expression they use, like yeah. to be beheaded. Freddie, I am so glad you made it, brother. Really. I am so glad. And it's people like you that need to get out what really happens behind these savage walls that we pretend are civilized as we bribe them. Freddie, I can't thank you enough for calling the show and for your story. Thank you very much. I'll be back. Unfortunately, we went long. I'll be back after this. I needed this music. Thank you very much, Macbeth. You can tell when I'm about to chew on the microphone. Give me a music I like. I also like the idea that what I was so confident about being an American was that I knew that law was intended to be my shield. Not the spear of the Marxist. I also am from Chicago, so I'm well aware of voter skullduggery and scandal and ballot stuffing. That's why I am kind of spotted what was going to happen in 2020, and I'm not too sure it's not going to happen again. But attorneys and people like Jenna Ellis are former senior legal advisor and counsel to President Trump, contributor for Fox, or I mean for uh, Newsmax, excuse me, chairwoman. For American Greatness Fund, Senior Counsel for the Thomas More Society, and I believe she has a new podcast. Jenna, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? Thank you. Yes, very excited. And I do have a new podcast that is launching on the Salem Podcast Network September 13th, the Jenna Ellis Show. Very excited to be part of the family. So, oh, I'm, we're excited to have you. I'm, although they're not too excited to have me, so I don't speak for anybody <laughs> but me. So here's the deal. I, um, like I said, I'm from Chicago, Illinois. 
This is where the cemetery is the biggest block of the Democrats, right? It's where the municipal workers grab all the people that nobody knows and they bring them to the to the election and they, they vote. So I always was very, very worried about the Democrats' comfortable nature in stuffing ballots. And when they had that thing called voting harvest, I said, hmm, that doesn't sound good. But you're actually working on election integrity. So tell me about this. Make me feel good about it. Otherwise... You know, Russia does have a 13% flat tax, and Vladimir Putin is not going to mandate the vaccine. So make me feel good about staying. Yeah, well, absolutely, election integrity is the number one issue that is facing America today. And how we can feel good about it is to make sure that we get involved and we continue to speak up about it, demand that our state legislatures uh pass reasonable common sense legislation, conduct audits, have full transparency. And we need to continue to speak up for election integrity in the face of all of the leftists and the Democrats who are trying to silence and intimidate us because they don't want us to talk about this issue. Why? What are they so afraid of? Because all that we want and all that President Trump has ever wanted is for every legal vote to count and to count fairly. We are a nation that has a vote where we, the people, get to select and prefer our leaders. No one in America has a right to be in office. We, the people, have the right to vote and put our choice in office. Jenna, the, I, I understand that, but the, our reality kind of proves that theory nothing more than good wishing. As you know, what happens in the Democrat primaries is they literally steal the primaries. You saw it with Hillary Clinton. You saw it again with Joe Biden. I was doing election coverage that night. I'm I am I will not be convinced that it was anything other than ballot stuffing. You see the voter harvesting, which is a new term, which means that you have a bunch of groups, politically agenda driven groups that are apparently getting ballots somewhere. You have same day registration and you now had this passed in an infrastructure bill. How are we going to push back against this if they can hide nationalizing voter cheating? in infrastructure spending bills. What are the Republicans doing to help me? Well, yeah, absolutely. Well, the Republican Party has definitely left conservatives, and that's why I very publicly left the Republican Party to tell them until they come back to conservatives and actually champion the values and the principles that our country was founded upon, then we should absolutely not give one more dime to the RNC nationally or to any candidates that they endorse that we know are just in their pocket. The way that we combat this is to go state by state, which is why I'm in Ohio today doing an election integrity rally tonight with a candidate for U.S. Senate Josh Mandel and then also um, Arizona State Senator Wendy Rogers. And what we have to do is go state by state and to tell the state legislators that we are holding them accountable. And that's the only way our government is supposed to be the closest to us. It's the state legislatures that have the responsibility, the obligation, and the enumerated power under the U.S. Constitution to make sure that they administrate their elections. We have to hold them accountable to do that. And that is a very lengthy, uh, you know, very difficult demand because this isn't as simple as passing a bill through Washington. We can't and we shouldn't, and it's in fact unconstitutional to rely on Congress. It's a power grab. We have to, every single person in every single state has to be on their state legislature to make sure that they pass common sense election integrity measures, secure the vote, 
provide transparency, stop things like ballot harvesting, mail-in voting, all of these things that are so ripe for corruption and fraud, and make sure that moving forward, we have free, secure, safe, and fair elections. You know why I love talking to you? Because you, in fact, are a senior counsel for the Thomas More Society. You were also the senior legal advisor for Trump. We know that that is in the Constitution. The state legislature is in control of the voting. Yet, yet, that was bastardized. And I have a question that I can't get an answer on. Why in the world did the state Supreme Courts and the Supreme Court in general refuse to listen to this obvious politicalization where you legalized voter fraud? How, why, how did this just happen? Why did they refuse? How could they refuse? How could they say you have no standing? We are talking about the most important election on the planet. I, I, when I relied on law to be that shield, it in fact became a spear. I lost all respect for the law. Should I not have? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They completely failed the American people only because they hated President Trump and they acted as political activists. And that is absolutely the Federalist Society needs to just retire because judges that they convinced all of us were originalists who would follow the law and not have any contemplation of political bias absolutely failed the American people. And it shouldn't matter whether it's Donald Trump or whether it's Joe Biden or Hillary Clinton or whoever was suing. That absolutely should not matter. It should be the rule of law. When you have the judiciary that's acting as a third political branch, that is a failure of that branch to uphold their oath of office and their responsibilities under the Constitution. And then what also happened, of course, is the state legislature failed the American people. They were so weak and spineless because they were Republican, right? So they wanted cover from the judicial branch so that they would say, well, our hands are tied. We have to go back and look at this. They were unwilling to stand for most of them. It shocked me in speaking with these state legislators. They didn't even know their constitutional obligation. They they seemed shocked that they actually had the responsibility to determine uh, the outcome of their electors and make sure that the process went according to law. They thought because it's a federal presidential election, oh, the state legislature has nothing to do with it. And this is how sad politics has become when they're worried about lobbying special interest groups, petty money, their own elections, and they're not fulfilling their own obligation of office. I mean, this would be as crazy as a doctor that doesn't know what a scalpel is used for. I mean, it's so basic and so simple, and yet they failed, and obviously the executive branches failed as well, because they were the ones that overreached and did all of these unconstitutional edicts. So literally every single branch of government failed the American people. So now, you know, when a guy gets caught cheating in Vegas, they used to break his hand so he could never cheat again. Now they put him in a little black book so he can never walk in a casino again. Now that this has already been done, what's the incentive? How do we put the toothpaste back in the tube? And what's the incentive for the people who got away with it not to do it every election? Well, that's exactly why the state legislatures have to step up and why every single person in your own state has to demand accountability and demand this type of common sense legislation from their state legislators. Otherwise, it can and will happen again. And, you know, the remedy for the 2020 election, of course, before the electoral votes were counted and ultimately certified, of course, was for the states to reclaim their delegates. 
but they should do that now anyway. They should go back, do these forensic audits, actually provide answers and transparency, and actually take a look at what happened and then say, we're never going to let this happen again. The state, there is no reason that they should delegate their authority to the secretaries of state, to all of these election officials with zero accountability to the legislature, which we, the people, elected. Are, they're supposed to be accountable to us, but now it's complete bureaucracy. So the right. system wide scale needs to change, but there are definitely a few things like getting rid of ballot harvesting, getting rid of mail-in ballots, uh, people showing up and voting in person, having voter ID, signature matching, just very, very basic things that can protect the integrity of elections moving forward. So now I, I'm running out of time, but I, I want to ask you this. You're, you know, as the senior counsel for the Thomas More Society, which is a non-for-profit that represents people and missions to reestablish law and the respect for law. When you see what's happening to small business, when you see how these little demigod governors like our own necklace, J.B. Pritzker, are misusing their power, are extending emergency powers, are taking away people's lives, their livelihood, and their ability to even mingle with each other. Is the Thomas More Society, are other attorneys looking to come to the rescue and start inundating these demigod tyrants with various lawsuits? Or are we just going to have to suffer through yet another year of wasted time as political hacks take away our lives? Attorneys are advocates, and we are defenders of truth, defenders of liberty. And the Thomas More Society, actually, just today, uh, we settled an $800,000 settlement between uh, John MacArthur, who's my client with Grace Community Church, through the Thomas More Society. And uh, we sued Gavin Newsom and L.A. County over their unconstitutional, arbitrary, and overbroad restrictions. And that we actually just won uh, that settlement today. So we are absolutely fighting. And I'm so very grateful for pastors like John MacArthur uh, for religious liberty protections standing up and saying no. Uh, no, Gavin Newsom, the state is not the head of the church. Jesus Christ is the head of the church, and we will stand firm on the word of God. We will keep our church open, and we will not yield and bend to these arbitrary, unconstitutional restrictions. And I'm very grateful that the Thomas More Society um, and myself and my co-counsel were able to achieve that win today. So where can people go to support you and to um, maybe hire you? Where can people go to find you? Thank you. Well, um, I'm obviously special counsel for the Thomas More Society. You can go to thomasmoresociety.org. A lot of great um, attorneys there. I'm also an allied attorney with the Alliance Defending Freedom, adflegal.org. Um, you can certainly follow me on social media at Jenna LSDSQ across all platforms. And um, just absolutely stand strong, stand firm. And then, of course, um, you know, listen to my Salem Media podcast. And um, I actually am very active on my social media. Try to look at, um, you know, the comments that people leave, answer people's questions. And I know that um, ADF in particular is uh, looking at a lot of uh, the issues with the vaccine mandates. They're providing a lot of resources to the public. Um, so there are, take hope, there are a lot of lawyers that are very concerned to protect freedoms, and we're still fighting. Jenna Ellis, it is so nice to talk to a lawyer of your caliber and not get a bill with a comma in it. I want to thank you so much for coming on my show, and good luck with your own podcast. I'll be listening. Thanks, and I'll have to have you on my show soon. Absolutely. There I can swear I love a podcast. I will uh, be taking your calls and comments after this. Thank you again, Jenna. Thank you. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now... 
with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America. He's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other. He's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. If you are waiting for a Marxist, an American mafia Marxist Democrat, to correct his failure, you're going to be waiting forever. We live in the sewer of corruption, of failure, of lies. It's all they do. You don't think they're going to cheat on an election? We're a national joke. Chicago, Illinois, Cook County is a joke. It's all they know how to do is steal. That's it. And why wouldn't they? All they have to do is grab one day and look at the mayhem you could cause. Look at what this embarrassment, this punchline in diapers. I don't know how anybody could vote for this 50-year political whore whose legacy is exactly what you're living through. Come on, Failure, excuses, and lies. That's all they know how to do. Now, I see a name here. This is Mark Vargas from the Mark Vargas Show. Is this the guy that is taking my Sunday night show? Mark Vargas, how are you, you handsome devil? Son, good to be with you. Listen, I listen to your show. I catch parts of it every single day, so keep up keep up the great work. Wonderful, wonderful. And let's show a little commitment. What do you mean parts of it? But go ahead. I'll let you off the hook. I listen to, I, I listen to all of it every single day. That's what I want, I baby, can. dedication. But you, uh, right. well, listen, you wanted to chime in, and I uh, unfortunately had a guest. But go ahead, brother. Yeah, no, I just want to talk about, just follow up with, you know, the Biden discussion. You know, the the incompetence and the incontinence of Joe Biden is really quite <laughs> remarkable. He, yeah. spends, he spends his press conference there. It's not even a press conference. His speech addressed to the nation, blaming everybody but himself, Donald Trump. And it's interesting today, I don't know if you saw this, Pew Research just put out a poll. Seventy percent of Americans believe that what Joe Biden did in Afghanistan was a total failure, but yet he's out here uh, in front of the American people talking about how it was a total success. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's a, it's a national embarrassment, Mark, and it's a national embarrassment to watch him pretend to care about the wreckage he leaves behind. And I mean that more than just Afghanistan. Everywhere he's touched, every policy he's had has ended in this type of wreckage. The, the, the idea, what Joe Biden represents to me, is the ignorance of the American people, the corruption of the American Democrat, who would vote for Charles Manson if he said, I'll give you more rent money. They have no standards. They have no dignity, no integrity. There is no lie they won't tell and no scam they won't support. They are wretched to me, and I can't get far enough away from them. So I now want to secede from the American corrupt Marxist communist Democrat. I can't stand the sight of them, and I'm tired of cleaning up after them, and I'm tired of paying for it. That's that's the point I've got to. Well, as we approach the 20th anniversary of September 11th, our country is less safe. You know, I, I worked for the Secretary of Defense, and I traveled to Baghdad 14 times during combat as a as a civilian. So I understand that part of the world, that region. And, you know, Sean, real quick, here's what concerns me the most. More than leaving behind nearly $90 billion in U.S. equipment, but number one is the, our communications. Now our adversaries are, are studying our communications. That now they can understand how we communicate amongst vehicles, how we communicate with soldiers on the ground, how we communicate in the air. So next time we have to go into battle in Afghanistan, and we will, because Biden has created this, our enemies will now know how we communicate. Secondly, they're going to be looking at all of our mine-resistant ambush protection vehicles. They're going to be analyzing where, where our weak points are in our vehicles for, for a future 
uh, improvised explosive device IED attacks, and they have access to our body armor on our uniforms. And they're going to know, again, where these weak, spot, weak spots are. And third, yeah. they've got surface-to-air missiles. They can now blow planes out of the sky from the yeah. ground. This is frightening. And the real, the real enemy, as far as I'm concerned, is the American Demo- Democrat. But b- before I let you go, in all your travels there, did you ever find out what happened to that $1.5 billion contract to Joe Biden's brother to build housing for the, Amer- for the Iraqis? How did that go? Did they come out nice? Does it look like a little subdivision? Are there cul-de-sacs? How exactly was that $1.5 billion stolen slash utilized? Actually, I think Joe Hunter's got an art gallery there. Yeah. And here's the American Democrat. They'll vote for this stupid son of a gun. You know why? They want some more money for themselves. See, the real greed is the American scum Democrat who just wants more walking around money, more free stuff. And now they've managed to spin that to the greed of the American earner and the capitalist who wants to keep his own money. Mark Vargas. You know, um, Sunday night we had uh, some audio. Mark uh, had kind of a coup on this audio, but we didn't use it. We actually have audio. Right. Of uh, the Taliban negotiating with Biden, if you'd like to hear. Yeah, it. I'd like to hear a little. Look at me, sure. Look at me, sure. I'm the captain now. That's exactly right. There you go. It's embarrassing, Mark. I don't know, brother. Right. Listen, thank you for everything. Thanks for the show. And um, next time you go, if you go to the Middle East again, because I know you're not done with your political career, find out where the houses are. Could you take a picture? Because, you know, I like real estate. I'm interested what the three-bedroom, two-bath go for. I mean, we gave this scumbag $1.5 billion. Did he produce one house? Do we know anything about it? Yeah, you're going to be the the real estate guy in, in, in the video. <laughs> well, here's the ironic part. I'm guessing the property values in Iraq are going to do a lot better than the property values in the south side of Chicago when the Democrats get done with that. <laughs> Thank you very much, Mark Vargas. Thanks. We Mark, have to do Trump. more than just build back better. We, build back, we have to build back better. There he is in all his glory, the scumbag, the tutte scumbags. Now, here's the thing. Voter integrity. It is so refreshing. See, I'm, I'm the resident of Florida. They have laws there where you have to show your license. The license signature has to match or you don't vote. It's almost like if you were trying to, you know, get into a bar or to buy something that mattered. You know, if you got pulled over or if you actually had to verify your identity. Democrats don't like anything where you can verify identity. Because what they do is what they've done to Chicago. They stuff the ballots. They get their mafia dons in there. Then the union pays them off. The union gets the big contracts. You're talking trillions at stake. And all you have to do is steal one night. One night. One lie. Why in the hell would you work any differently? Now, I've got this scumbag. We don't get a lot of Democrats that listen. I've got, yeah, Obamacare is an idea, right? If you get the silver or the gold, how'd that work out? About as good as every one of their moron plans. Now, I don't get a lot of scumbag Democrats that listen to the show, and I feel cleaner even saying it. As you know, in my life, I don't let them near me. They don't come around. I've invited them to come and talk. They never show because they're cowards. In fact, I have a coward. Hi, John in Mundelein. What do you want to say, dummy? Yeah, nobody cares. He wants to talk about the Republican voter harvesting. And what he's talking to is in North Carolina. North Carolina, what happened is a Republican congressman tried to do the same thing the scum Democrats do because he figured good enough for the goose, good enough for the gander. Well, North Carolina caught him. They made it illegal. And he's not the congressman. See, that's how you handle a problem. But scum in Mundelein and scum Chicago Democrats, they like the steal because they want the free rent. They want the free health care. 
They want the free daycare because that's all they know how to do. Take from somebody else because they're good for nothing. And I don't want them on my show. Tom in Payless Park. Hey, Sean. I'm glad I was on hold. I've had a chance to settle down because I was fuming when your guest was online. Well, she's a wonderful girl. She's trying to do the right thing. But I understand your point. It's going to happen again, Sean. The, The Republicans are too nice. We're getting walked over, and all we can do is try to win a lawsuit here and try to win a lawsuit there. Turning to a Democrat judge. It's crazy, Sean. Turning to a Democrat judge, Tom. Why wouldn't they do it? They're winning. They've got the look at we've got a gangster that everybody knows is a gangster. He doesn't just dress like a gangster. I'm talking about slimy Eddie Burke with his Rolex watch, his pinstripe suit, like a real old fashioned gangster. And he is one. He's been prostituting Chicago aldermen for eternity. That's what he does. And what's the penalty? His wife is a Supreme Court justice. This is what they do. And then they'll come right out of your face and they'll lie to you. Thank you, Tom. Why would they change? There's no need to change because it continues to just go downhill and they continue to lie about it, even when it hits neighborhoods that never thought it would happen. It's a matter of making lifestyle changes. Want to get started? What happened here? Edward Elmhurst. I think Misty cut the wrong clip. Learn more at HealthyDrivenChicago.com. It sounds like she left the video. Pod security camera shows the scene on State Street about 1.30 in the morning. It is crowded with people when a fight breaks out and two men are attacked, while some in the crowd take video on their phones. We're freezing the video just before the victims are punched. Why are they freezing the video? This was in Streeterville. This is a bunch of CPS honor students. And believe me, by the time they get done lowering the grade standard standards, these kids will be cum laude as they were on the corner harassing anybody that was in the gang. Now, as you can imagine, they're part of the Democrat base. So they're going to stop the actual beating when two, two people not blended. Well, I, I, what's the proper way to say it? There's only one way you could say it. Two Caucasian people were assaulted and beat unconscious and had their shoes stolen. Now, the kids and their kids from 18 lower showed no mercy. The beating is horrific. And yet this is how the news covers it. There is no rush to stop the attack. Residents and business owners say, unfortunately, incidents like this are becoming all too common on the near north side. I think the video is brutal. What we're experiencing today is a complete breakdown of a civilized society. No, baby. What you're experiencing is the utopia of the Democrat mafia. No place represents it in America like Chicago, Illinois. Have you had enough? Are you thirsty for more? Where do you think the property values will skyrocket? Will it be Chicago or Iraq? Now we've got a factor in Afghanistan. I don't know what you could pick up a condo for, but I'm guessing the services and the taxes are better than Chicago. 312-642-5600. That's why when people say, gee, you, you, you know, you gotta, you gotta convince, you gotta mingle. Listen, if you're a Democrat and you're voting for this kind of scum, I'm not convincing you of anything. I don't need your opinion. I give a rip what your opinion is. You're the problem in this entire country. You're an idiot. Exactly. You're the problem that's destroying society. You destroy everything you touch, everywhere they touch. Where is the Democrat utopia? Can somebody point to one, one municipality that isn't riddled with fraud and abuse and waste? Now, this happened in Texas. 
But in the 70s, Cambodia had a pretty solid hard line of, uh, oh, wait, never mind. Yeah. (laughs) So in Texas, see, there's so much scamming going on with this COVID nonsense. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm going to talk a little bit more about Chicago. There's so much scamming going on. We have no idea the contracts. None. I want you to hear something that went down in Texas. And I promise if you're on the line, stay there. I'll get to you. But, you know, when I think about something, we got to jump to it. It's the problem with ADD. It works out, though, especially in investing. You can't start with a bold-faced lie, which you're pitching to the judge. I take umbrage at calling that a bold. Now, this is a Democrat judge, if you couldn't figure it out, and a council member who wants to know about a contract for $11 million that went to a Democrat to write about COVID. New at nine heated words and allegations flying at today's Harris County Commissioner's Court meeting over the $11 million COVID communications contract COVID communications. to a little known firm that some are arguing is underqualified for the task. That's right. Well, Fox 26 was first to report that all financial fitness requirements were waived by the county oh. for the winning bidder, Elevate Strategies, sparking some concern and scrutiny. Well, during today's debate, Precinct 4 Commissioner Jack Cagle, who you heard there, confronted Judge Lena Hidalgo with proof that Elevate is a one-woman company. To their website, you called me a liar. Because you're out there implying that this is a woman working out of an apartment and you know that's a lie. It's not true. It is not a lie, Judge. The website, the words are confusing to you, myself only. Let's go at it. Let's go at it. Listen to him. She's She's just a Democrat sycophant. She doesn't care that the people had $11 million stolen and given to another Democrat apparatchik. So do you think that Joe Biden gives a rip about the $83 billion that was stolen? Believe me, he got paid and in aces, brother. That's how the game works. And all they have to do is steal an election or even worse, corrupt a society so they get used to the failure and they think it's normal. And they think it's okay to have Brandon Riley, the drunk Democrat, one of Madigan's hatchetmen. That's exactly who this guy is. He wrote a strongly worded letter when the two innocent people were beaten by the CPS educated mob, also known as the Democrat base. And these issues should be addressed by public officials. The owner of the 7-Eleven store on the corner shows video of the late night crowds inside her store. She says employees have quit out of fear for their safety. Resident Gary Kolasar says he tries to stay away from this intersection in particular. This is the only area that I'm aware of in Streeterville that I don't feel comfortable. Sudler Property Management oversees nearly 40,000 residential units in the area. I've heard from many residents. Uh, they are concerned. Uh, several have told me that they're afraid to go out at night. Now, what are you going to do when they move? Because they're going to move. If they didn't, they're planning on it or they can't. This is the climate. This is what they do. And by they, I mean the American Marxist mafia we call Democrats. They could give a rip about the honest people, about the good people, about the earning people. They think everybody wants in on their scam. Cities like Chicago, places like Illinois prove them right. It's a shame. Once great city, once great state. Now a joke, laughing stock. And this is where they hone their skills on the kind of fraud we now think is normal. It's uh, depressing. Mike in Woodstock. Hi, Mike. Hey, Sean. How you doing? Very good. How are you? 
I'm doing well. I actually met you in uh, the fall of 2016 before you had your own show at the uh, oh, Cigar right. Shop in Elmhurst. Yeah. It was really cool back then. Thank you very much. I'm still, really still cool. cool. Yeah. My hair was just a little thicker back then. Other than that, same thing. Go ahead, though, brother. No doubt, no doubt. So I moved out to uh, McHenry County from Cook County not too long ago, and uh, it's been almost impossible to get my uh, driver's license updated. So I used to think that voter ID was a good idea, but you put these morons in Illinois in charge of getting people driver's Brother, license, I can't even do that. So now I'm going to tell you something. You That's because it's Illinois to Illinois. I'm going to tell you how it works in well-run states. When you, when you live to, in a different state, like I can only use mine because it's my state, Florida. When I transferred my electric, I took the bill of my electric, I took the bill, I transferred cable, and I, I, I took my deed from the property, I went to the license, and they were the nicest people, the most efficient. I'm not kidding you. The entire turnaround from when I walked in to get my license and walk out was 20 minutes. And in that time, I registered as a voter and got the license. Everything was done. They welcomed me. They smiled. They were wonderful. There was no mask mandates. This is just last year. So what I'm telling you is that's because you went Illinois to Illinois, where I had a problem where they won't check from one floor to the next in certain licensing. So I understand it, brother, but it's not like that everywhere. We're just used to losing because this place is run by the Marxist mafia. Mike, thanks for holding. Thanks for listening. Listen, Rich, Dan, Robert, Solomon, and by the way, I'm going to take you first. Hang on. Joe Biden screwed up the clock. I got to go to break. We'll be back after this with your calls. By the way, I was just informed, and this is not a joke, although it sounds like one. Kim Jong-un, North Korea, he's testing again. He's back to nukes. You idiots. What did you do, you corrupt morons? That's why I should take their call and listen to what they got to say. You destroyed the strength of my country. You ruined America. Your ideology of nonsense, communism, socialism, and your totalitarian dictate over my freedom. You're not just the Fourth Reich. You're an incompetent version of it. You're idiots. Eight months. Look at what you've done to us, you morons with this. We are trained Marxists. Exactly. There. This rat bastard. Solomon, Buffalo Grove. I was told to take calls immediately. Stop making you wait. Is it? I think it's Solomon. Is it Solomon or Solomon? Solomon. All right. Well, Solomon. You know, my wife makes fun of me. I pronounce things. In fact, I was uh, I was somewhere where the. Did you hear this thing? It's called a a a, a whoopee. Do you know what this? It's like a big Oreo cookie. Did you ever see these things? Uh, no. All right, so they're like a big. I know I'm weird. So they're like a big Oreo cookie, and they're. I guess they're called whoopies. But when I saw it, it said whoopie. So I was calling it Whoopi. My wife was like, listen, you say that one more time. I'm going to stab you. All right, Solomon. I still say. I think, Idiot. I think, I think Solomon sounds very sophisticated. But go ahead, Solomon. Okay, thanks. <clears throat> Gosh, it's uh, hard to summon the, uh, <laughs> the disappointment that I was, uh, that I was uh, feeling when I first called in after, <laughs> you know, I was long enough on hold. But Sorry, anyway, man. the uh, one thing, it's all right, it's all right. <laughs> one thing that uh, that President Trump did, which was amazing for the American people, is he brought forward the idea of, uh, <clears throat> of politicians that are only doing things uh, for themselves and not really doing so much for their constituents. And also the, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, the voter... Um, you know, the uh, ballot integrity 
uh, pro- issues. <laughs> yeah, listen, you're, you you know, that is the benefit, is that he showed you. I mean, he identified it. I believe they referred to it as the swamp. Now, my argument is then why in the hell would you hire 271 lobbyists? But I agree. And that's the beauty. Right. Of, that's the beauty of what he did is he showed us the ordinary American can no longer deny there is a an entire industry that is going to protect itself and doesn't want any light or exposure to exactly what the problems are. And they are going to present a front of a phony republic rather than identify themselves for what they are, a banana republic. And that is the beauty of Trump. Now, listen about this name issue to the rest of your family and your friends, your whole life. You've been called Solomon. But on this show, you're Solomon. I mean, this sounds very elitist. Very, I, I, I love it. I think you should consider going with Solomon. <laughs> Just think about it, all right? Just give it some thought. Thank you for holding. Didn't mean to keep you that long. It's a busy day, busy show. I appreciate it, brother. <laughs> Renaming the listeners. Now, here is Dan, and I'm not going to rename him. Dan, Downers Grove. Sean, how are you? Wonderful, man. Hey, uh, great night at the cigar event where I met you in person with my son. Oh, and, uh, I do remember. Yes, your son's a good kid. Yes. Yeah, you stole me your email, but that's we'll talk about that later. I'm sorry. Hey, what I want to do is when Trump is reelected next time in 2024, I wanted him to propose a progressive tax. The progressive tax goes, if you vote Democrat, you're stuck with that tax of 80% for two years until the <laughs> next election. Well, all the, all the Republicans can go 20%. Average that out, you're what, about 50, 45, 50%? And that's what they want, right? So Dan, let them pay the benefit. I'll tell you something that's interesting about what you're saying. Number one, I don't want another 78-year-old as president. Not that I, you know, if he was a younger version, okay, fine. But I really, I mean, I, I don't want another, I mean, he's granted he's not the same 78-year-old, but I, enough already of these old people. But anyway, no offense to you old people out there. I love you. But here's the reality of it. There should be a system in which you're voting for these massive, crushing, anti-American policies, then go that way. I think it is time for that. I would love to see the country separated by ideology after all america is an idea so if you want this socialism go ahead give it a shot i don't know why you're not doing it among yourselves anyway you go and you take your policies you take your taxes you take let's have the military too all the military that wants to fight for the soviets and for the corrupt the biden's go ahead you guys join that one and then we'll take ours i would love that so in my america we'll have a flat tax ironically it's something that putin picked up on You'll have a flat tax. He does 13%. Let's do 15%. I want to be better than that. 15% flat tax. In my America, you run on the old-fashioned principles in the Constitution. And on the new Soviet socialist America, they could run on the Obama plan and, and the Biden plan. And we pretend he's, he's cognizant and understands what's going on. Let them feast among themselves. I love this idea. So I don't even want to commingle. I don't want to. No more Americas. We'll call them the USSA. They will call us the USA. I say it's time. We can't come to a reason. When you're looking at our policies, when you're looking at what's happening, they are lying about what actual fact and truth is. On every front, economic, social, the virus, foreign policy, go your own way, and we'll go ours. I appreciate that. Thank you, Dan. Sorry about the email. I got a lot of things going on. Been very busy lately. Please, I apologize. All right, who do we want to go to? Let's go to Rich in his car. Sean, how you doing? Very good. Um, I'm a um, first Gulf War veteran, um, U.S. Army. I served, and um, I'm really upset about everyone talking about the billions of dollars 
of the armaments and uh, weapons that the uh, U.S. Uh, left and gave to the ISIS. Well, what I'm uh, really concerned about, nobody's talking about where those weapons are going to wind up. They're going to wind up on our shores. Um, they're going to wind up in Mexico with these narcos because these narcos have unlimited amount of money to purchase weapons. They have unlimited amount of, of, of uh, uh, resources to get those weapons into the country. We're going to have those SAM missiles and, and machine guns and who knows what on our shores in Mexico and wind up coming across the border killing more Americans And Rich, here. they also have the supply chain that's already in existence, has been in existence for half a century. They've got that stream going. And it's another reason I've always wanted to ask people. Why do you think they never talk about the flow of heroin since all of this Middle East turmoil, yet there hasn't been a disruption in the supply chain of heroin and other drugs and other chaos from the Middle East? Why do you think that is? Mark, this time, I'm telling you right now, they're going to have this on the news that these weapons are going to be traced back to Mexico or or Central America, or they're going to be brought back into the United States because we have serial numbers and and, of every piece of weapon and armament in that country that was left there, and it's going to wind up being traced back to our country. Rich, I agree 100%. It reminds me of the the Biden administration with their first year. Remember when they gave the weapons to the the, uh, cartels? They wanted to see what would happen. What was that, Fast and Furious? Now it's going to be just that, times it by 100. I agree 100%. Thank you very much, Rich, for listening. And I could tell that Rich listens to Mark Vargas because he's got the Mark My Words with Mark Vargas. Remember how he said market? Did you market, Macbeth? Want a timestamp with that? Marked. 312-642-5600. Gene and Jack, stay on the line. Gene and Jack, I like that. Uh, we'll be back after these messages. I got I to gotta tell you, I love taking the phone calls. I do. I, got, I have more clips. We all know about the ride share violence. They are now tasering guys trying to make a living in their neck, stealing their car. The sewer of Chicago, also known as Democrat Utopia. Keep voting Democrat. The good news is they don't like it when they got to live by their own ramifications of their vote. They don't care for it too much. But you want some free health care? How about a foreclosure moratorium? Ooh, I'm in. Vote for anybody giving you something for nothing. However, there are there is devastating consequences, and Fred in Bellwood knows of that. Fred, thanks for calling the show. Thanks, Sean. How are you? Can you uh, hear me okay? Yeah, I could hear you perfectly. I, I you know, I, I read in the in the uh, subject what you're going to say. It's upsetting, but I want you to. Uh, your time. And it's actually what just what you said. So he was a rideshare uh, person. He was doing it on the side. Uh, he had a nine year old daughter. His name was Javier. And uh, sorry. No, it's all right. It's all right. When did this happen? March. March. Did it make yeah. the news? Yes, he was in the news. Um, they they thought it was a hit and run. He was a rideshare driver, and uh, they thought they found him on the street. They thought it was a hit and run, and then they brought him in, and they found the bullet in his head. Um, so it, it it's and and this guy was the sweetest guy, nine year old uh, daughter, not not a gangbanger. Uh, no. just yeah, he he worked for me, and. Uh, People need to wake up. It's it's not good. They have anything for his family? They have anything for his daughter? They have anything set up? 
Uh, yeah, and there was there was a line out the door uh, for for the uh, funeral. Uh, all the rideshare people were there. Uh, his actually, his uh, cousin was a Miss Illinois. Um, stand up, stand up person. Survive. I was in the hospital with him when he survived his uh, brain aneurysm. Where can where can they go? Do you do you happen to know where where can we go to support the the daughter? Is there anything? Uh, his name is Javier Ramos and uh, Ramos. And huh. uh, yeah. You could, you could look it up. Fred, we're all sorry. We're all, we're all, we're everybody uh, yeah, listening. One other right thing, now, though, uh, they, they did get the guy, and it was exactly what you were saying. It was an 18 year old guy. Uh, he, he also, uh, they found him, uh, he, he was indicted, uh, in July. Uh, he, he was also, uh, did another carjacking in Oak Park, which led, which led them to him. So, well, we, we only I mean, what's, is, what's is your right. sentence going to be in Chicago? Yeah. This is actually what you're saying is so important, and people need to start listening. I pre- it's, it's not affecting just gangbangers and those. It, it's 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 spreading, and and something needs to be done. It's always the good you're people. right on you're right on track. Thank you, Fred. Thank you so much. You know, it's always the good people that pay the cost of this. Did you know that our government FEMA, if you um if it you're on your death certificate it says you die for COVID. FEMA pays up to $9,000 of your burial costs. Why doesn't the city of Chicago, or as I call it, the sewer of Chicago, have something for the victims of their political failures and their political corruption and the kind of judicial system that lets the scum and a revolving door out so that they can murder good people? Do they have anything for the, for the victims? Or is it just the COVID because it's the favorite weapon? Of the failure and the tyrant. Gene and Palatine. Hi, Gene. Hello. Hi. Hi. I think I met Dan and his son at your cigar with uh, at the cigar event. Oh, at the cigar. Okay. Yeah, Dan who yeah. called. Yes, yes, yes. Very nice people. Yeah. Yes. And I met you. And my name is Gene Hedgepath. I had a blue dress on. And I'm fighting the fight oh. by suing. Listen, don't don't say we met and you had a blue dress on. It's too soon after the Lewinsky thing. I have nothing to do with that, but I appreciate you coming to the event. So thank you very much. And and it was fun, the event, isn't it? It's fun when we have those events. It was amazing. And I forgot the cigars were part of that story, too, weren't they? Yes, they were. Oh, look at what you did there. See? All right. Thank you very much, Gene. And thank you for listening. Too much Clinton on an afternoon on Tuesday in the sewer of Chicago, although he was very popular here. That's a kind of Democrat they just can't get enough of. Let's keep voting for these people. It's going to turn out swimmingly. 312-642-5600. I will be, I actually have a guest. If I didn't get to your calls, we're going to take all the calls after 635. I have a guest coming up that is crucially important to discuss. We are going to discuss about Marine Raiders, she wrote a book, True Story of Legendary World War II Battalions. And after all, when you've got a failure like Biden leading us into failure after failure, we got to start feeling good about things, and it's only going to be in memories. So we're going to discuss all of the legacy that Biden is working very hard daily to destroy after these messages. streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc. He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, 
With personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. American pride in our warriors is something that was earned. Sacrifice, willingness to die for a philosophy, a purpose. World War II, when we beat the socialists, the National Socialist Worker Party, kind of like what I keep hearing more and more in this country. We had 16 million Americans who served. 16 million Americans served. We lost 405,399. As of today, as of today, right now, there are 325,574 World War II veterans, warriors left. The stories are, the ones we know are amazing. and You're in awe. It's always interesting to hear more. Some of the most legendary already are from the Marine Raiders. My guest... Carol Everett is the author of the book Marine Raiders, A True Story of Legendary World War II Battalions. Carol, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? Well, I'm doing great, Sean. Thank you for having me. If I butchered your name, it's kind of my thing. Sorry. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I had four uncles that served in World War II. And I was always, you know, as a kid, I always loved history. And my Uncle Mikey had invaded Normandy and then went on to fight in I, the Battle of the Bulge. And, you know, I was just in right. awe of these guys, just in awe. Right. And they would see my uncle who served in the South Pacific and my uncle who invaded Normandy, Storm Normandy, would say, now that guy, he saw some real bad. I'm like, what do you tell you invaded Normandy? He goes, yeah, but I got to shoot him. He had to kill him with his hands. I mean, there were some real stories here. Can you tell me a little bit about the Marine Raiders? Marine Raiders. Um, well, you're exactly right, because what I... I'm beginning to sort of um, develop a thesis that most people probably know a little bit more, uh, if they are into history, know a little bit more about what happened in Europe, in the European theater, than they actually do what happened in the Pacific. And I think there's some some reasons for that. Um, it probably, you know, you don't normally hear of someone, uh, say, going, you, you hear hear them rather going to, like, Paris for a couple of weeks rather than going to the Solomon Islands. You know, when was the last time you heard somebody? Yeah. Well, I can't wait to go on my vacation, you know, in the Solomons. So that has something to do with it. And then the other thing, of course, is you just had uh, so many immigrants that came uh, in the 1800s, early 1900s to our country from Sweden, from France, from Italy, from Ireland. And uh, they settled in here, became Americans, loved the country, and but still had a close tie uh, to those European relatives and, and those roots there. So I think that's one reason why more people probably know more about the European theater. I know I did um, until I began work on this book. It took me about four years to research it. But I will tell you the fighting. Um, you, you, of course, you can't really come. You know, one is as bad as the other. What they did in Normandy, um, oh, sure. Battle of the Bulge. You mentioned your uncle was in that. Just horrific. However, I will say that in the Pacific, 
there there was another enemy that our guys had to fight, and that was the jungle itself. Mm-hmm. And it was horrific. I mean, uh, it constantly wet, your body always being wet, if not from rain, if just from the humidity, the sweat. And it never, it never got better. Like in the evening, it never got cool. It, it was through through the twenty four hour, you know, twenty four seven. So you had leeches, you had um, malaria, you had dysentery, um, really horrible conditions to have to fight in. So um, it, it was tough over there. Now, Marine Raiders, they are actually, um, as I got to learn about them, really the first, I would say I would call them the first major special forces that our country had. And a lot of people just don't realize that. Um, now, we had a couple of other groups. I want to make sure that I get that in. Uh, smaller smaller groups. Uh, you had some frogmen. Uh, you had a precursor to a couple of the others. But the Marine Raiders had four battalions of specially trained uh, uh, special forces trained with light as light infantry to go quickly in raids, cause chaos, confusion, kill the enemy, and come back out. A lot of traveling at night, uh, amphibious landings off submarines, um, just incredible warriors. So they wrote the schematics for the modern-day SEALs, the modern-day Rangers. You, You are exactly right. In fact, one of the points that I make in the book is after you read this, and you see the training that they underwent. Uh, they swam. They, you know, did all of those aquatics that are necessary. Um, they laid a foundation for present-day elite special forces. And um, the ironic thing—I'm jumping ahead a little bit—but the ironic thing is that they only lasted about 20 months, mainly because the war in the Pacific changed as we moved up through the Solomons and got closer and closer to Japan, there were increasing numbers of men, just sheer numbers of men that were necessary to combat the the growing numbers of Japanese forces that they met. And then the other thing was, of course, to take some of these islands, it required massive artillery and massively uh, heavier weaponry than these Marine Raiders were equipped with. Again, they were they were light infantry for quick, fast raids. Come in, cause confusion. Um, one way to look at it is that the Marine Corps itself was the strong arm and the fist. Mm-hmm. The Marine Raiders were the brass knuckles. Oh, I love that. Now, I want to ask you, you know, we only, I, I, before you came on, I wanted to see just how many World War II veterans were still alive. We only have 325,574. Are there any Marine Raiders that are still alive? Yes, there are. Their numbers are dwindling. I'll tell you in my own personal experience, I interviewed three for this book. Three. I had the privilege of actually speaking to three and interviewing them. I spent who knows how many hours on the telephone and emailing and talking to them. Um, Unfortunately, as I was winding the book up, Two of them passed away, uh. one on Veterans Day in 2019 and the other last Christmas. The third one, however, that I interviewed is named Ed, and they called him the Swede 
for the obvious reasons. His family was from Sweden, Blomberg. And he turned 100 years old this past December. Oh, so he's got, a, he's got a 101 birthday coming up, and I'm going to get to see him in just two weeks. Um, that is thrilled. wonderful. That makes that me feel good. I don't, know, I don't know either one of you. I feel, I'm all excited about this meeting. That is wonderful. I know, it, I know it. Just really looking forward to it. I have met him previously, but it's been a couple of years, and I haven't seen him since the book has come out. Obviously, it came out today. And, you know, this is a whole other issue. We This release date was chosen months ago. Who would have ever dreamt that mm-hmm. this would come out on today with all that's going on uh, that we have going on in the world today? You know, this is what I wanted to talk to you about. So now the legacy of what we, what this country has done, the history, the insurmountable odds of beating at that time the uh, National Socialist Worker Party, the German Nazi as opposed to the American Nazi, the idea of what these men did in Japan. A former ally really never gets covered. Right up until World War II, Japan was our ally. And at that time, arguably the most sophisticated of the the militaries out there, aside from our own. And the fact that they overcame this is why, throughout history, since World War II, we've had such pride in our armed forces. I am the family of, of, of Marines. I did not serve myself. They talked me out of it because of after Vietnam, what happened. But the, the reality is, when you see that pride, that, that earned pride, rightful pride, taken by the men who now carry on that tradition, and our warriors that are, you know, the, the numbers are, they're, they're unsurpassed. We have such such amazing warriors. And you see what what happened in the Middle East. How do these warriors go on with that pride? Does that not contribute to the Depression? Well, it just, um, it, 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 what I pray, um, in fact, I've, I've been asked to come up and speak at Camp Lejeune to the present day Marine Raiders, one of the biggest honors that I've ever been extended, and that's in a couple of weeks. That's where I'm going to see Ed. I've talked him into flying down <laughs> to be with us on that day. But that's one of the things that, that I hope and pray with these military history books that I write that even our warriors today will understand that there are still thousands and thousands of people out here in the hinterland like me, like my husband, who is uh, such a military history buff like I am, like you are. And we appreciate far beyond what words can really express what they do for us and for our country and have done, these warriors from the past, what they have done. Uh, for our country, for the cause of freedom. You know, uh, when I was writing the acknowledgments for this book, I got to the end of the acknowledgments, and I thought to myself, you know, who is my audience? Who am I writing these military history books for? Well, obviously for people that love military history and buffs and even the general public because I write more in a story form rather than just strict military history type form. But I thought to myself, you know, I'm writing this. I'm writing these books for my grandchildren, because when they get older, I want them to be able to read what has been done for them by by these men and women of the past and and of the present. And so I say, I'm writing. I'm writing these books for my grandchildren, but for your grandchildren too, <laughs> because yeah. if we don't get some of these stories down, and especially from World War II, guess what? We lose them. They'll be gone. You know, you know, Carol, it's something that um, as we face a rising socialist Marxist party in America, 
it's something that I recognize there's a reason that these stories in this American military history and exactly what this country really stands for and what it's fought against kind of stopped being taught in elementary school and in high schools in the 90s. And now you see the result of that is 30 years later, you've got the American National Socialist Parties of America doing ballot harvesting. And, you know, you see what an insult it is to not just the veterans and World War II, but to the people who fought against this ideology, which is rising in America. So I, I want to thank you for writing the book for my unborn grandkids, because yeah, I'm going to need yeah. this kind of stuff to teach them, because they're not going to learn it in school if this, we keep going on this path. Well, and, and the other thing, um, I chose four men, four young men, four raiders to feature in the book, one to represent each of the four battalions. And when you reread their family histories, like I say, they, these were uh, families that, you know, maybe first-generation, second-generation immigrants, and they loved this country. I mean, they knew what they were escaping, religious uh, persecution and, and a lot of, you know, times uh, uh, not being able to find jobs, um, all kinds of economic woes. And they came here in search of one thing, and that was freedom. And that was what they found. And that was why I truly believe that when Pearl Harbor occurred, now, <clears throat> Of course, the war in Europe with with England and Germany it was already you know it was already firing up, and we were hesitant to get in. But when when we were actually attacked, then they rushed to to uh, and you know the stories rushed to enlist, mm-hmm. rushed to be a part of the of the fight to protect their country. I have one of the men was living outside of Sacramento. He was twenty one. And he learned coming out of church, which a lot of people, that was how they learned. My mother uh, learned sitting in church. The sermon was going on and on, and the congregation looked up, and um, uh, a man had rushed up and had handed a note to the minister. And mother said he, he read it and took off his glasses, closed his Bible, and said, I have devastating news. And, it, and he read the note about the bombing of Pearl Harbor earlier that morning. Mm-hmm. But the, the young men immediately rushed. Archie Rackaball, uh, Rackaby, who is one of the ones that I write about, immediately got out of church. He learned about it as he was coming out of church, hopped into his car, drove all the way to San Francisco. By the time he got there, he said there were already thousands of young men at the uh, enlistment depot just waiting in line, two, three, four blocks long, waiting yeah. in line to sign up that, that very afternoon. <sighs> That's something, fighting an ideology that has unfortunately taken over an American political party. I had a 91-year-old man come in. I own a cigar store also. And when I'm in uh, uh, Illinois, which I don't like to be, I spend a lot of time in the cigar store. I had a 91-year-old man who listens to the show. He's from a neighborhood here. Come out and tell me about him and his two friends. They were 15 and their one friend was 16. They enlisted after Pearl Harbor. They didn't take the 15-year-olds, but they took the 16-year-old who went on to become a hero and, and very decorated. And you realize today's 16-year-old and 15-year-olds and today's 
teenagers and you think about the character and the difference, it is so nice to read about a time when you could be proud of the American character rather than ashamed of the American socialists. Um, you just sold one of these books on Amazon. I am the proud buyer. I am dying to digest it. See, because we have a book hog here. His name is Dan Proft. He takes all the books I want to read. So I have to buy my own. But it was money well spent, and I want to thank you on behalf of my audience for writing the book. Marine Raiders, the true story of the legendary World War II battalions. Carol, I'm not going to butcher your last name, although I want to. Is it Everett? Avriet. Avriet. I was close. That's about as close as I can get, Carol. Thank you so much (laughs) for joining me. I want to thank you on behalf of my unborn grandkids, who I will read this book to. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much, Sean, for supporting it, and uh, God bless, and God bless our country. Wonderful. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. See, that's why I particularly am disgusted with the American Socialist Worker Party. They call Democrats. It's the same spiel. They have no idea what it's done throughout the world, these idiots. These entitled, spoiled brats. The greed of socialism is insatiable. It can never be quenched. They don't care about the reality. That's why this American Democrat Party, just listen to what they're saying and read the Nazi constitution under Hitler. Adolf. Read it. Read the, the 1936 Russian constitution. Read it. It's the same thing as the American Fourth Reich. I say that very deliberately. Not just because their their ballot harvesting groups have the same worker party BS, but because it's the same philosophy with the same inhumanity, the same insatiable quest for other people's rights. They don't give a rip about people. They could care less. And the Americans that are preaching this BS could give a rip about American history and what Americans did to fight it off. The cancer, they knew the cancer it was and what it would do to this world. Now I've got children, butter-handed, spoiled brats, telling me how it's never been implemented right. You're derriere. It's time we fight it here. Do you realize what the men and women have done throughout history to fight off this ideology? And now I've got scum, corrupt rats that want more walking around money, more food money, more rent money. Turning to the ideology that this country has successfully fought off. And now you're willing to give it away. And now the tagline is, well, it was a good run. No, I'm not ready to give it up. I'm not ready to give it up. I'm ready to call them out. And I'm ready to separate. Let them go live amongst themselves. 312-642-5600. I'll take your calls when I get back. Now, one of the things that I love about the show, first of all, I love doing it. Absolutely love doing it. And I love that there's a podcast tomorrow that we are seeing a nice uptick in downloads and people listening. We're doing great on YouTube. And um, one of the things I like about that is that everything that's said can always be referred to. So I was not going to go right to the phone lines. But Kathy in her car has me very intrigued. Kathy, I'm going to record this, and if this is good, this may be my voice message on my phone. This may be my introduction to my voicemail. So go ahead. Hit me. Well, when I talked to you once at your cigar store, you asked me, uh, you know, 
you were the number one. I said, well, no, really, Dan Prof was my number one because I followed him all the way from his other station because he's so smart. Well, guess what? Uh huh. You are now my number one. I am so. I can't even tell you. I think if this country does not become a Russian cesspool, it is because of you. See that? And I hope, I'm going to cut that. Let's honestly, send that to Dan Proft. Nice I, try, Sean. Thank you very much. Well, that made my whole day. First of all, I would not, and you know, I followed Dan. I wouldn't be here without Proft and, and Bruce Wolf, and you know, know. they took my call. But you know, he used to he used to argue. He still argues with me. I mean, he's a dear friend of mine, wicked smart. And I love that I have now upticked on your barometer of good radio hosts. And just so you know, when I get inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame, I'm going to make Dan Proft do my intro, just to rub it in a little bit. All right, so you can come to that. You're now invited. Okay, Kathy. I award you no points. And may God have mercy on your soul. Thank you very much, Kathy. I want you to be go national. Oh, thank you very much. So does my accountant and my wife. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you, Kathy. I mean it. It was so nice. And Misty's, Misty's already trying to leverage herself for a raise. Now, here's the thing. We're not going to go national just yet because we are going to do the best we can in Chicago. I'm going to let the suits at Salem tell me how it goes. But in the meantime, I'm going to promote what I know is right. And it is not to get along with the Fourth Reich. It's not. I've always felt that way. And you know that. I don't want them around me. I don't want their money. I want nothing they bring to the table. I also don't want to give mine to them. I think that you should have to suffer the consequences of your ideology. You want to be a socialist? Go be one. You want to live under the tyranny of one? And you've we li- here in Illinois are... are, are, are witnessing the result of having a corrupted Republican Party. We don't have a Republican Party. We have Democrat light. Some of the business owners are starting to realize it. They're starting to jump the gun. They're starting to see what happens. Now, I don't I don't say this with great pleasure. I love this state. I love the city. I love my family that wants to stay, my wife's family that are going to stay. I hate the idea of what has happened to this state and to the city, but it happened because of an ideology, because of Democrats. End of story. That's just the fact. And as I tell you what they're going to do, believe me, there's no secret sauce here. It was, no, was it really hard to think that J.B. Pritzker, aside from sending his wife and kids to Florida, which is where I like to live, he's going to put the mask mandate where it isn't in Florida. He's going to shut down the business. He's going to shut down the schools. He's going to put you under house arrest again. Some of us are paying attention. Illinois indoor mask mandates took effect today, forcing some restaurants to rethink how to serve customers. One owner telling News aides Nina Burns why he decided to close his doors ahead of time as the cost of COVID continues to take its toll. It's a feeling of deja vu. It's been difficult as far as how we do business. For many Illinois restaurants, as they revert back to carry out only. We just wanted to get ahead of the game. Owner of Bull U Ice Cream and Grill, Brent Bull U, stopped using his indoor dining a week before Governor... See, now I like this. You're going to shut me down? I shut me down. Now I understand. Oh, what, are you going to cut your nose off to spite your face? When me working like a dog... When me taking on the risk is an act of futility, then yes, because I'm not going to enrich my tyrant. I'm not going to to beg my abuser for mercy. It's not going to happen. The writing's on the wall. So he decides to shut down. There's another approach, 
and the approach that I take in my business life and I take in my personal life. I don't want you around me. New tonight, a local restaurant has a sign on the door that says, if you support President Biden, don't come in. Fox 35's Danielle Lama joins us live right now. So, Danielle, the owner isn't going to take this sign down either. I didn't take mine down. That's right, Luann. It is staying up for now. And the owner says she's not worried about losing customers. She's worried about losing more lives in Afghanistan. This is the sign making people do a double take as they pass the DeBerry Diner. It says, quote, if you voted for and continue to support and stand behind the worthless, inept and corrupt administration currently inhabiting the White House that is complicit in the death of our servicemen and women in Afghanistan, please take your business elsewhere. See, now that's long. Mine is simple. Biden voters keep out. And I'm going to tell you something. If you're on the fence and you're worried about losing customers, you're not going to lose any customers of quality. In fact, you will gain new ones that would have never come to you. But now understand, this is how you push back against the Fourth Reich. It's risky, and I understand it, but you'll feel better for it. And your customers will feel better dining, buying cigars, whatever the case is. I don't care if it's insurance. With people who are Americans, who understand what Americanism is, who understands what the beauty of this country is. We don't want them. We don't need them. Have that confidence. Make that choice. It's not easy. But if life were easy, if it was supposed to be easy, if every would America be what it was before the American Democrat undermined it? You realize we were the youngest and the richest? Why? Because of those principles. We are now living in the wreckage of what happens when you try to mingle with socialism, when you try to mingle with Marxism and communism and fascism. It's not going to get better unless we make some uncomfortable choices. And that's my recommendation. Cut them out of your lives. You'll live better. You'll feel better. Let them wallow with themselves. Sooner or later, the failure is undeniable. We call it Venezuela, Cuba, Soviet Union, the Third Reich, and everywhere else this ideology was tried. We're the ones that keep this boat afloat anyway. I've always said it's time to separate the capitalists from the socialists. Robert Bloomingdale. Hey, Sean, just wanted to say we were recently at your cigar store, and good for you, and good for that lady at the diner. I mean, But my question I want to ask you, by the way, you're, it's a very nice walk in, and it smells a sweet scent of cigars. Too, oh, yeah, right? well, it's aroma. It's like Jimmy John's. We uh, give the smells are free. Go ahead. Yeah. The reason I was calling for you today was I want to ask you, who is running the Democratic Party? Obviously, it's Carl not Marx. Carl Marx. Huh? Carl Marx is running the Democrat Party. This is an ideology. These are party members. They're they're fungible. The names are fungible. Obviously, the reason that Biden is there is because they felt they could put one over on the people who are not Marxists. They made the, they made the American never Trumper. They made the the pedophile Lincoln Republicans, and they made the frauds who just want more welfare and are too ashamed to admit it comfortable by putting this doddering dimwit who they thought and they. They may be right. You were used to has been lying to you for 50 years. That's why he's there. Yeah. Yeah. That's very sad. Very, very, this is getting scarier by the days. But thanks for your call. And, well, thank you. You called me. I appreciate it. All right. Do we have time for another one or we go to break? One more. All right. Let's go to Don on the south side. 
Hey, Sean, uh, first, uh, what's the name of that diner? I'm going there and I'm tipping big tomorrow. It's not in, uh, I believe it's in Texas, brother. It's not in Chicago. But oh, my, point, oh, well. my point is, oh, Florida. It's, it's in Florida? Even better. You come by me in Florida. <laughs> I, I've read hey, a lot of stuff. Real quick, uh, I was listening to a liberal show today, and, were, you know, Biden comes out with his reasoning why. All of a sudden, days later, he said, well, I promised you that I'd get you out of the war, and that, that's, what, that's what I did, and I was successful at that. He's trying to paint a good picture on, on, on his catastrophe. So I called into the liberal show, uh, Radio 820 Chicago, pro- progressive yeah. radio station. I don't know why you And I nicely time. talked, and I said, you know, I said, uh, I heard what he said, and uh, I said, you know, I think after 20 years, he was vice president for eight years, and he's got about 40 years in, as a senator. I said, this guy should not have been caught off guard. He obviously had, should have had experience unless he's slipping and losing it. And then I kind of caught uh, Joan Esposito by shock because she didn't oh, want to boy. say it that. Come on, Joan Esposito. You, know, you could so catch Joan not... Esposito by shock by turning a light on. Here's the thing, Don. I know. Don't expect well, you're going to win them I mean, over. Boy, Go ahead. Yeah, well, I'd like to at least let uh, – I like to tell people, even get guys on your show, if you're listening to your show, you listen to the great show, but call into these liberal – BS no. shows and get get your voice heard out there. Don, now Somebody I like you. Gonna hear it. I like you. You know I like you. And I respect you. But here's the reason you called Joan Esposito. You've had a crush on her for 25 years when she used to be hot. I get it. But you know you're not going to convince her. You know she's married to the ideology of failure. Joan Esposito is a, is a, is a Chicago reporter, also a Democrat apparatchik. You're never going to get through to her. But I appreciate it. Have the fun. Good luck. And I find it titillating to talk to my old flames as well. 312-642-5600. All right, McBeth. Grab the mic. Who do you used to have a crush on on the news, Chicago news? Uh, for me, it was Lilia Chacon. Oh, not a bad one. And uh, Jackie Bang. She got fired. I think she got fired two weeks after winning a Peabody. Jackie Bang, because I was at the Merck. She did the financial report. Okay. And uh, still on, isn't she? I think so. And Cheryl Burton. I used to like Cheryl, Cheryl. when she Cheryl first Burton. came on. Stunning. I'll never forget this. I was on a date. Might have even been with my wife. I was on Michigan Avenue. That's how long ago this is. And she I mean, was, no question you were married, but you might have been on the date. No, 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 no. This was before oh, I got okay. married. I got married, you know, late. And uh, she, we were at Michigan Avenue shopping, and she was there. And in person, let me tell you something. Cheryl Burton, I'm going back now. You're stunning. Stunning. But Joan Esposito, never, I don't know, never, you know, she just looked like, you know. Plus, I don't know if you saw her lately. She aged like Jake LaMotta, for God's sakes. But that's all right. The guy wants to call her, let him call her. It's all up to him. Chris, Arlington Heights. Hi, hey, Sean, how you doing? Wonderful. Thanks, thanks for take, taking my call, buddy. Um, hey, listen, I, I agree. we got to fight back against the socialist Marxist movement. And in Chicago, it's being led by these alder commies, as I call them, uh-huh. who you know, consider themselves Democrats. I feel like Mighty Mouse called me. This poor guy's on the wrong line. Yeah, and I think it's just dropped. Chris, off, so. we just dropped you. I'm you sorry, babe. Seconds. You're on the wrong. All right, Megan in Oak Park, you got five seconds. Megan and Orland Park. Whatever. Um, okay, five seconds. You're giving me five seconds. Not me. The end of the show. All right, we're out. All right, we should be the first caller tomorrow. I'll be back in 21. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.